Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, beautiful people, and welcome to Queen's Stand Up Support Network Radio. Our purpose and intention is to create a non-judgment zone of support for the leaders and those working to be the change they want to see where we increase our awareness regarding the experiences that manifest as we navigate through this adventure we call life. Increasing awareness allows us the opportunity to choose to align with the actions necessary to manifest the desired change. You give all of you every day working to live on purpose, and now we intend to give back to you by empowering you to tune into your souls. Let us pray. Almighty divine creator, as we grow from strength to strength, we give thanks for this day and the opportunity to expand our vibration as infinite choice makers. Thank you for showing us the way of healing. We are open to receive as we continue to align ourselves with peace. May our homes and hearts be forever filled and surrounded with happiness, healthiness, love, and forgiveness as we live in the present moment, our most powerful point of being. In the name of the Father, the Mother, and the Child. Amen, Mut Kanshu. Ashe. So let it be. Greetings, beautiful people, and happy, healthy, prosperous Sunday to you all. Um, Last week, we were talking about minimizing emotional baggage. Uh, What a great segue into today's show, um, creating boundaries to set you free. Have you ever said yes when you really wanted to say no? I'm almost certain we all have a time or two in our lives. The issue comes when saying um, when saying yes, when you really want to say no becomes a habit that prevents you from feeling free in your life. Our guest host today, Karen Pierce, author of It's My Time, has tools we can all use in our everyday life to learn the art of setting healthy boundaries. 
If you're listening in and would like to join in on the discussion, you can dial into 929-477-2476 and press 1. If you're listening to the replay and would like to add on to the discussion, you can visit www.creatingthehabitofwellness.com and download our wellness community app to join after the after show discussion. Welcome to our show. Hi, Karen. Thanks so much for joining us a second time. You're actually, um, you're actually, um, this is your second time being on our show, but you're going to have to try to call in, maybe dialing in because the connection is not good. So we'll just wait for you to kind of reconfigure that. I'm really excited to learn more about Karen's book today. Um, she's just an amazing being overall. And uh, I was so excited when she said yes, (laughs) instead of no, to coming on our show again. Um, Setting healthy boundaries is so, and creating healthy boundaries is is so much more than just saying yes and saying no um, in the sense of a right now moment. It's about you honoring how you feel. So that's so big. Okay, let's see. Is that you, Karen? Yes. Hi, Hi. Hi. I'm just resetting things here. Good morning. Things are pretty early here on the West Coast. How are you doing? Oh, I know they are. I know they are. I'm doing well. (laughs) Yes. So thank you so much for, um, you know, stretching yourself to be up a little earlier or be present with the world a little earlier my pleasure i'm usually an early riser so this is this is just perfect i love sunday mornings they're so quiet and just really refreshing indeed there is nothing like a sunday morning right that's why the saying goes easy like a sunday morning (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so i know you've been on our show before but some of our listeners today may not have heard that show. So would you mind just telling us a little bit about your story and what makes it makes you so passionate about teaching people how to create boundaries that will set them free? Yes, I'd love to. Um, my, my growing up was in a family that was rather dysfunctional and that's being kind. So I, as the middle child, um, was the neurotic one kind of responsible for keeping everything on a even keel, keeping people from, you know, killing each other, so to speak. Um, and I didn't really then have my own self. I was always concerned about everyone else and where they were and making sure that they were okay and that, you know, life could be as smooth as possible. And that really transferred into my adult life in some unhealthy ways as well. So I wasn't really acting in my own person. I was always compromising or trying to change myself to be what others wanted me to be, which limited who I was, um, what I could actually accomplish, and how I felt about myself. And Ultimately, because I wasn't always who I was at any one time, I was what the person I was with um, expected, the relationships were difficult, certainly not authentic. So in, in, um, 
in my learning then about really connecting and trying to deal with that in my marriage, um, I spent a lot of time tearing down the um, expectations and um, people pleasing uh, those those real forces in my life to discover who I was and love myself for that and learn how to set the boundaries without feeling guilty about it. Like I was, I was injuring somebody else or not going to be accepted by them. Being sure that it was fully me, obviously with an idea of not, not wanting to um, hurt somebody else, but really needing to set that, that threshold of this is Karen Pierce and you can love me you cannot love me, and it's okay. You know, I don't have to please everyone else. When I did that, what I found was not only was I a much happier person, but I had much more authentic relationships. I attracted people that were really interested in who I was. And I, I could bloom in a way that I never could before. So in, in what I'm doing now has just been a culmination of all the events in my life that I've, that I've learned, that I've struggled with, that I've helped other women deal with to have healthy relationships, to really be themselves and really become the woman they were designed to be. Mm, wow. Amazing. So w- there's so much, you know, um, that I definitely can relate to. And I'm sure our listeners in our community can relate to a lot of what you said as well. But was there a, a pivotal moment that made you realize that you were operating out of a place of um, people-pleasing and inauthenticity? I think um, there was always the feeling of fear that I wasn't, I wasn't going to be accepted. And that I had to do something to get someone else's love or or um, approval. That certainly was, okay. was demonstrated in my family. So with okay. that mindset um, and with the parenting that I had experienced, the real pivotal moment for me to actually do something about that and know that this wasn't an option was when I became pregnant. Because I knew I could not be the parent that I had seen in my family and I didn't want to pass that on. And until I dealt with my own stuff, I couldn't be that mother, that parent that that child needed. And I, like I said, I did not want to raise my child in the type of home that I was, I was raised in. And I I even saw that um, manifest with my husband in my, our, our first year marriage I had an idea of what marriage was from a very poor example. And so I would do things like try to provoke an argument because that's the only thing I knew. If, if there was an argument, that was a tension, right? If somebody cared enough to argue with you, at least that was a tension. That was saying, I care enough about you to engage. But how unhealthy is that? right? Any, any kind of engagement was good 
because that meant that someone cared for me. So if I did, if we weren't arguing, in my mind, that was um, something's wrong with our marriage. We talk about crazy thinking. But that was kind of a, that pattern that I had come to know as what marriage was. When I became yeah, I don't, I don't really see, I don't feel like it's crazy. I definitely feel like it's a part of the, um, like what the human psyche can go through, uh, especially if you are coming from a dysfunctional household or just operating at a place of, um, of automated living where that's just what you knew. So you were repeating it. You sounds like to me, at you, your self-awareness raised. Something occurred. Um, you're, you're referencing your pregnancy. And, again, that is you caring more about other people, um, your baby. But this is a good time, you know, to be caring about people, other mm-hmm. people, obviously. But still, it was still that same personality trait that you had developed that shifted you to, okay, something else has to change because now I have someone who is going to be so super vulnerable and looking to me, you know, for their representation of how things should be in life. So I think that that's um, really interesting, you know, but um, also very courageous of you to say, you know, and, and selfless of you to say, you know what, I've got to take a look at myself and how I'm behaving so that I don't pass this on. Um, that's really awesome. I love how well, I think you share. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I, I was going to say that I, I think especially we women, we're very um, practiced and really accept the idea that uh, we can do every, anything for everyone else at the sacrifice of ourselves. Um, it's very easy to dismiss dealing and, and taking care of ourselves for the other responsibilities in our life. And so, like, like we were talking about, it was easy for me to just not, not deal with myself until I realized now I was really going to be affecting some other person who doesn't deserve it, just like I felt that I was when I was growing up. So as painful and as hard as it was for me it was it was non-negotiable I had to do it because someone had to stop the pattern I I just could not really awesome I just could not believe that legacy in my family so that was the that was really the driving moment to take care of Karen and and really get Karen healthy and from that, amazing, absolutely amazing, completely transformed. So, yeah, transformed for the better, or you know, oh my goodness, I mean, yes. stayed together. Absolutely. That's what I mean. Okay, okay. So once absolutely. you started to actually uh, practice the art of being your authentic self, then even your relationships improved. That's amazing. Because oh. I think I, I mentioned that because I think that you you, you just said that one of the main reasons why people are not authentic is because of the fear of not being accepted. And here it is, the exact opposite occurred once you decided to be your authentic self. You got, you know, you, things improved for you. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like playing the game, find me a rock 100% of the time. I don't know if you're familiar with that game, but 
It's, mm-hmm. If someone tells you to go find a rock, well, mm-hmm. okay, what size, what color, what shape, is it, do you want it, glitter, whatever. You go and you grab a rock and you say, here, uh, no, that's not quite right. I want it to be more smooth. Okay, so you go out and get another rock. Is this right? Um, well, not really. Um, maybe something a little bit sharper edged on, you know, whatever. So you keep going, trying to figure out what somebody wants. And so you keep changing, making decisions, um, altering yourself in order to figure out what's actually going to please that person. Now, that's hard enough with one person, but if you're doing that with everyone in your life, it's, it's like being a constant imposter with 100 different, you know, uh, personalities involved. It's exhausting yeah. for one thing, but, no, but people see through that too. And that's, that's the insidious thing, I think. Because if you're not really who you are, there's something subconscious in the other person. I mean, we've all seen this with guys at the bar mm-hmm. or, you know, someone we just have that funny feeling when we meet that something's just not quite right. There's nothing that you can point your finger at. It's our subconscious picking up the little things that are, are not showing through on their, their body language and maybe in their voice that match the words and the expression on their face. And that, that automatically puts a barrier of trust. And without trust, there isn't, and it isn't possible to have the depth of relationship that you desire. Absolutely. I feel like you are talking about insecurity. Like people can pick, detect your insecurity about who, how you're showing up so they can detect mm-hmm. that that's not really you. You're not being authentic. And you're absolutely right. One of the things that I love about what you were saying is, um, and I think that it's really important for our show and the purpose of empowerment, is how you mm-hmm. express that, yes, you came from a dysfunctional family background, but your purpose also um, came from the lessons of the pain that you experienced, and you were actually able to extract that wisdom. I think that's so important because uh, we can sometimes get so caught up in how things are and, and like, you know, the reality that life presents to us when ultimately we're here to evolve. And so, you know, if we can just do like what you said, find, make peace with it, right, and then look at what we've experienced and dissect it enough to extract the wisdom, to, you know, help us to grow and improve because we're ultimately supposed to do that, then we, we allow ourselves to, um, we set ourselves free also. We set ourselves mm-hmm. free from, from, you know, thinking or being how things completely are and just accepting things for as they are. Right, right. I, I, I think the, the real key to boundaries and um, knowing if you have good ones or if you have any at all is really looking at the quality of your relationships. And what I mean by that okay. is not the people necessarily that you're involved in, but it's how do you feel when you are with them? Um, are you feeling compromised? Are you feeling disrespected? 
um, do you feel like you can engage fully with them? Um, if you if you don't have any boundaries, you are willing to settle and um, accept poor behavior and disrespect. And it may start out subtly, but setting healthy boundaries is about who you are, what your what your basic foundation is, what behavior you're expecting of yourself, and what you're expecting from other people. So, for example. Um, if you're, you're involved in a relationship and you never get a chance to, um, you, you're never even asked what you want to, want to do, what you want to have for dinner, what you, where you want to go, it's always the other person, um, that's a red flag. That may not mean a whole lot to you at the time because you're conditioned mm-hmm. to whatever, right? But you've got to think about, well, why is it that um, my needs or my desires are never really discussed or even or even considered um, but you know the idea is someone can you know, get how is how is your disagreements working what are the ground rules for your disagreements do you just scream and yell at each other is there name calling is there profanity um, is there treatment um, all of those things are really you know bad behavior and very unhealthy uh, conflicts. So what what would be a good way for you to have a conflict? Okay, first of all, if our voices are raised, hey, let's take 10 minutes and go to different rooms, settle down for a minute, and then come back at it um, and, and really discuss what's going on. Um, profanity okay? Well, probably not. That's not a very disrespectful way to talk to each other, and it's usually not used in a way to uplift or, or to emphasize a point except to, to demean somebody, and certainly name-calling is not. So if you're engaging in that, you're already in a, in a situation that um, is not a healthy one and a respectful one. Um, we have trouble with, with families. If your mother tells you at, you know, whatever age you are, that you need to be at the Christmas celebration, regardless, and I'm making kind of some small, small examples here, do you feel compelled? Does it become a rift between you and your partner about where you spend Christmas because you feel you need to be at mom's house? or mom's going to be mad, or the family's going to think, or, you know, all the, the stuff that we fill in the blank. Um, that was really key in um, establishing my husband and myself as a separate family and couple, that we weren't just kids uh, obeying whatever our parents' wishes were. I mean, for Pete's sake, we had our own family, um, and it came really clear to me as we were, we were in, in Minnesota, that's our, our um, home state, and my parents celebrated Christmas Eve. That was, that was Christmas. Christmas Day didn't cut it. Christmas Eve was the celebration. Well, that was the same for his family. Well, you can't be in two places at the same time, and neither family wanted to give up the, um, the right to have all of their kids together on Christmas Eve. So we still had to decide, you know, we could only be in one town in, on one day and one town on the next morning. And we're, we're 
finding ourselves with a small baby driving through blizzards on early Sunday morning after having a late or early Christmas morning after having a late Christmas Eve through a blizzard just to make sure that we get there on Christmas Day at the crack of dawn so that my parents could at least have some sort of Christmas, even though it wasn't going to be the right Christmas, right? We looked at each other and said, this is stupid. We are now risking our our safety and our child's safety to appease Mm. a stupid, selfish desire of our parents. And so we had to set a boundary that, okay, Christmas is going to be spent with one family, Thanksgiving with the other family, and we'll celebrate Christmas on a weekend with, you know, the other family, you know, it, at, you know, around Christmas sometime. But we're not going to try and, and do this again. Um, but that took some, some guts to stand up to. I mean, and that's, that's kind of a small thing. But you realize that with, with some of the patterns that you get into, that um, it's hard to break that. It's hard to set new standards. You just really have to sit down and think about what is important to me. What is, what is it that I want to establish in my life that is going to be not only healthy for me as a person, but is going to be um, establishing a respect with those that, I, that I'm with. And honestly, our parents were not respecting us as a separate family and weren't respecting that they now had to um, change because our whole family situation had changed. Um, I think that's really absolutely amazing <laughs> that you identified that uh, and you started to see how you were living in a place of inauthenticity, even with the people connected to you. But um, you said something important about, you know, like when you become an adult yourself, you do have to, it, it, things shift, they change. Because yeah. you're used to being in your household with your family and you were a kid, so you were doing what you were told to do. But then as an adult, you have to make decisions um, based on the life that you're creating for yourself. I'm curious, you know, always within myself to I ask myself because you have to take responsibility for how your life is shaping and even the relationships that you have. And so I always ask myself, and I want to know, how you feel about this question as well is that what about you and how you're showing up makes people feel comfortable with being disrespectful to you? Hmm. That has to do with, um, again, that inauthenticity. There's a hesitation in a person when they really don't they aren't acting out of their own authenticity. They're looking for cues from the other person to mold themselves to be acceptable. And mm-hmm. you can kind of see this. It would, you know, it, teenage girls are great. <laughs> uh, when, there's, mm. when there is, you know, the, the guys around that they want to, to get involved with. Or um, you see it with um, the people at work. Um, there's always a brown noser, right? And you see mm. them change personality depending on who they were with and who's got the power and where they want to, to maneuver to. Um, when you are attracting people that 
are not respectful to you. You are basically saying, I'm needy. I need someone to, to make me feel good. And that's dangerous. I mean, we all want to be around people that make us feel good. But a great part of that is what is your focus? When you meet somebody, are you interested in them or are you worried about what they're thinking about you? Mm, and when you're right. worried about what they're thinking about you, that takes, that takes that you're already distracted for one thing. You can't really be present with them because you're always interpret, interpreting what they're saying, how they're saying it, their body language. Mm. And some of us get so good at that, we don't even really notice that, that we're our doing whole focus it. is on somebody who wants yeah. to abuse that and take power, take the power that that gives them in a bad way will do it, and they will yeah. do that in a way that makes you feel really. They're going to feed right into that need. That's where you get the posers um, that just make you feel like a queen. You know that you 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 you're. you're their life lives and breathes around you until, and then the until. real person comes out. And you, it's yeah. a gradual slope till it's at a point where you go, oh, my gosh, what just happened? So, so um, how do you, it how really do you starts know, with that. Absolutely. How do you know if your lack of boundaries is putting you in harm? Like what are some key indicators? You mentioned a story about your husband and yourself visiting, going to visit, um, and through the blizzard, and you stopped and thought, like, wait a minute, what am I doing? You know, like, I'm about to, you know, I'm out here, and it's not safe. You know, what are some some key indicators that people can look out for to see if they're showing up in a way that's harmful for them, and it's not just about, oh, okay, I'm making a sacrifice so I can help someone else, because Sometimes that does happen. Sometimes we actually do sure, have absolutely. to. Yeah. So what's what? What are the boundaries with the boundaries? <laughs> I th- I think that, I think the key um, symptom maybe is a better way to to talk about it is uh, just tapping into your emotions. Okay. If if you become angry, if you're feeling if you're starting to just kind of complain, oh, you know, now I've got to do this, or you know, you're, you're starting to get that tense and resistance inside you, that's an indicator. Someone's, someone's making you do something, or you feel like you have to do something that you don't want to do, mm-hmm. or you wouldn't choose to do. If that's mm-hmm. the case, mm-hmm. you probably haven't even taken the step to say, no, or or propose an alternative, or anything. You just accepted it, swallowed it down, and and accepted the fact that you've got to do it in order to please okay. that person. That's it. I love that. Indicated. The other one is the other one is regret. Um, okay. If you're feeling compromised, or you're feeling, or you regret what you did. Um, this happens in relationships all the time, you know, especially in the sexual end of things. Um, if someone respects you, if you're not ready for that next step, there is no reason you should have to. 
there is no reason why your relationship hinges on whether you take that next step sexually with somebody. If they really love love and respect you, they'll be ready and waiting for you. They care about the person, not the activity. Right, not their that that goal. Right, they're they're more right. concerned about getting to know you, like you said. So that's that's those are two perfect examples. Tapping into your emotions, and if you start to feel regret or feel compromised, these are indicators that something needs to change. That you're not showing up authentically, and even if the person may need you, or you know, you need to check to see. Well, it, what are what? How else can can you help them other than? Um, putting yourself in a place of harm. Right. So there's, there may be another alternative that you didn't explore. So a boundary can also be helping in another way or connecting in another way, you know, not necessarily the, the way that you think or the person expressed that they um, needed your help. So we have a, um, a listener uh, in our community who, has, who wants to share a message with you, Karen, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. Okay. She says, mm-hmm. as I listen, I can see that the people I've tried to please the most have been men. I didn't even know I was doing it. I know that I spent a lot of my adulthood trying not to be like my unloving, abusive, negligent mother, and while I was successful at keeping those elements out of my interactions with others, I was not successful at not becoming a people pleaser. My mother bent over backwards to give money and do favors for her boyfriend, her father, her siblings, and her perceived friends. Meanwhile, her children were hungry and seeking attention and and affection in drugs, promiscuity, and danger. I had a few friends in my childhood who didn't treat me well, yet I chased after them and tried to make them treat me better by being their virtual slaves. And I can't pinpoint a specific instance at that moment, at the moment, but I'm positive I've done it in, a, in adulthood at the slightest sign of rejection. But now I am so far on the other side of people pleasing that I know I need to find balance. I am not pressuring myself to get there as I understand the need to be selfish and not care what people think, but this conversation is really helping me identify some of the areas in which I'm still being healed. Mm. Wow. Well, I am really impressed at um, her awareness of herself and yes. understanding where the sources of her 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 issues are. I mean, that is profound. Um. Wow. I I am am really excited for her in that she is starting that journey. Um, and the idea that you can't pinpoint something right now certainly indicates that she's doing, she's people pleasing less. Because if, yes. if she's not feeling that, that real compromise or um, neediness that she, she felt as a child, she's made a lot of progress. I do, absolutely I really want to give a shout out to her. That that's awesome. That is really awesome. Um, one question yeah. I would have for her though is, what do you love about yourself? What do you feel mm. you really have to give to the world? Out of out yeah. of just out of just your being, 
what were you created to do and be? What is your superpower in your relationship? And whether or not somebody acknowledges it, what is it that you want to give? Because when you can tap into that uniqueness of yourself, um, that that starts the, the 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 juices of love for who you are and recognition of who you are that is going to overflow and be that, that space to everyone else. So when you meet somebody or when you start a relationship or acting that work, it's from a, a place of confidence and peace rather than discomfort and um, un- that, that unsurety of how somebody's going to react. Um, she mentioned um, how people, people's opinions and um, uh, their thoughts about her uh, come about. People are, are people. They're going to size you up in a minute, right? So give them your best. And if they don't like your best, they're not people you want to be around. And that's okay. I mean, you can be cordial and get along with people. You don't have to be best friends with everybody. And honestly, if you have a lot of best friends, I would be very skeptical about how deep those relationships are. Who would you trust right. with your deepest, darkest secret, right? Um, one mm-hmm. of the, the concerns that I see with um, real habitual people pleasers is they have a lot of people that like them because, yeah, I, they're, they're being they're the exact person saying, yeah. that that person wants, to, wants them to be. So they're, they're mm-hmm. puppets in that relationship. But they don't really have people that they can trust. And, again, that, that authenticity is where you get the trust. So they're, they're mm. still quite lonely. And it almost feeds that habit of I need more approval, more interaction that is, is giving me positive feedback. And I'll do whatever I need to to get it. So, wow. Really excited for this, this woman. Um, that's, that's a really tough situation to be coming from. And certainly... The messages that carry into adulthood from that are huge. Um, but to have her awareness and recognition that there's still work to be done, there's always work to be done, but her, her place where she is right now seems to be one of real healing, and, and that's exciting. You said something so important about, you know, being authentic and how it also creates authentic relationships and people to people to show up authentically with you, people who are being honest with you, you know, and mm-hmm. you, it helps you to be able to trust people because you know that they're not saving face when they're around you. They're, they're showing up and, and they're being present and they're giving their true, they're, they're sharing their wisdom with you. So it's not mm-hmm. so much that your 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 ego or your yeah your ego I guess you could say is so fragile that you can't be told the truth about who you are and how things are or how people feel, and so that's so important. Like that's one of the benefits of creating boundaries. It sets you free yeah. from people who don't mean you any good, 
And as you mentioned, yeah, initially you may not have a whole lot of friends, but you'll have a great handful of people around you that you can trust. So what are some of the other benefits of creating boundaries to set you free, Karen? Well, you actually take back your time. Um, mm. Most people pleasers or people that are, or people that really don't have clear boundaries have real trouble saying no and will accept responsibilities, additional work, you know, um, whether it's at home or at work, and wind up frenetic. They're taking care of way too much because they've accepted whatever anybody has asked them to do. Much of that is fear of rejection. You see it at work a lot, right? Your boss mm-hmm. comes to you and says, can you, can you do this? Oh, sure. And then right after it's like, how am I going to fit this in? I'm already working like crazy. And so you start, you you wind up doing a lot of overtime or you're taking it home and um, it's impacting the amount of time you can spend with your kids or, you know, it starts to snowball. And or you're you're in your family, um, you wind up doing all of the housework and all of the, the shopping and all of the gift gift buying and, and all of the maintenance and the bills and the rest of it and taking care of all of the, the um, food prep and the cleaning and um, your partner is just sitting there. <laughs> you start to get a little themed and your 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 time is just completely consumed with taking care of stuff. Again, that starts to put some emotions in you, that, that resentment, that um, maybe martyr syndrome would kind of sneak in there. That's a, that's a big indicator as well. And the stress. And it's because you haven't been able to say no or stand up and say, hey, honey, I could really use some help with this. And even to this day, for as much as I, I've worked on this, when I, I found myself with, with my husband, it's just like, why am I doing all this? He's sitting there watching TV. And I start to get kind of like, uh-huh. It's like um, I, I can check myself now and say, honey, I could really use a hand with getting dinner ready. Can you give me a, give me a hand? He says, oh, sure. You know, it's like he's completely clueless that I'm busy in the kitchen <laughs> and <laughs> attending to something else. Um, so... Learning to say no and learning how Mm -hmm. to take the time to evaluate whether that is good for you to do, whether you're the Mm -hmm. right person is important. Um, In in a lot of things, our ego can get in the way as well. If they're asking me to do this, I must be special. I must be the best person at it. Or um, this is this is something that is going to you know really make it better for me. Or there you know I'm I'm the I'm the go-to person for uh, my boss, right? Well, you might be the right person for that particular job, but you might be the easiest yes in the group too. <laughs> you know, you mm-hmm. might be the first person, and he knows that or she knows that that you're going to say yes. So they're just trying to get it off their plate. Um, wow. One and knowing thing, the difference between is, that is really in te- is, is important that you're paying attention to, 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 to why you are um, exactly. engaging in an activity. You know, um, 
if are you building your identity in what you do instead of who you are you know because mm-hmm. that happens a lot and with people that have either position power or you've given power to that um idea that you can't say no gets even stronger so okay what i i like to to tell people who are struggling with that is First of all, saying yes is a habit. And okay. salespeople use this all the time. They get you saying yes, 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 like encyclopedia salesmen, for example. Oh, you've got such wonderful kids. I'm sure that you want to um, make sure they get the best education possible. Yes. Well, do they, wouldn't it be nice to have reference materials in their home so they don't have to go to the library? Yes. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you really mm-hmm. want your kids to get ahead? Yes. Well, doesn't it make sense if, you're, if you want them to do well in school and get scholarships to college, wouldn't $1,000 for an encyclopedia set make sense? Yes. <laughs> Maybe that, not. Google it, right? You know? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Nowadays, <laughs> you know? we don't need encyclopedias. So um, our listeners, she shared that um, – very much in connection to what you stated before um, about uh, not, you know, taking back your time and how, you know, and, and, and I, it made me think about like why people busy themselves so much. Sometimes people, and so there's the insecurity. So you're getting to, you begin to get to the root of why, you know, you're unable to set uh, healthy boundaries. It's important to do so. Because a lot of times people busy themselves so that they don't have to be with themselves, you know. And so yeah. they are so busy, they don't have time to um, connect with themselves and to do their own work. And so that's an important thing to look at, too. But our listener says, I love that I am not wasting my experiences. Everything bad that has ever happened to me has opened me to empathy, patience, and a willingness to be vulnerable for people who are still where I used to be. People feel safe being themselves with me, and I tend to attract the people whom others reject due to their personalities being overwhelming. I have the patience to love them into a better space without losing myself. I've learned my cutoff point. The point at, a, at which a relationship bec- a relationship becomes draining, and I have to step back, still navigating the manipulation that comes from others when I get to that point, but hitting the mark more than I miss it. That is beautiful. I think that's that right. Beautiful. I think I love where she said, you know, that she um, has become a place where people feel safe being themselves with her. That's awesome. So I'm hoping that, that you're the, giving that too, that, that you are being around people you feel safe being yourself around too, because that yeah. can be in service yeah. as well. You know, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be, every, I'm going to make everybody comfortable, you know, so that they can just well, be themselves. That, that can be borderline-ish of, of people pleasing also. The, the thing is to be, Let's say you walk into a party. Mm-hmm. The most attractive person in the room is not the one with the greatest clothes and, you know, the movie star look. The most attractive person in the room 
is the one, and you notice when they walk in the room, they are confident. They're at peace Mm -hmm. with themselves. They can walk up to a group of people who are, you know, in an intense conversation, real intimate conversation, listen, smile, interject, and if they're not, if it's not a good place for them, they're, they're not offended, they move on and can, can mingle with other people. And it has nothing to do, in, in my estimation, with extrovert or introvert tendencies. It has to do with comfort with yourself. They could sit yeah. by the bar and have a drink and just enjoy the the atmosphere. And my my experience is those people don't stay alone long, because what the what the messages they're giving out to the room is I don't have an agenda. Okay, I'm just here to to be here and to enjoy you, and that is attractive. Because when most people, when you, when you um, meet them in a, like in a party setting, there's a, convers- there's a posing going on. There's a positioning going on. If you really listen to the conversation, there's, there's a judgment happening. Everybody feels uncomfortable in that way. And most buy into that game. The person that just shows up to be there, and enjoy people in general and get what they get what they can out of it isn't expecting something from someone else they're not expecting them to feel a need they're not expecting them to to um, admire them and and uh, lift them up they're, right they're just yeah. there they're just there and it is palpable I mean you can see it if there is there's like a command to the room with that person. It's almost like a spotlight is on them. And there's very few people that do that. There's going to be a give and a receive energy coming from them, which is really awesome. It's, it's, it's holistic. It's not one-sided. Yeah. You're going to engage with them and come away feeling whole. I got that. Awesome. So we're going to, there's there's a person there that's, that's, Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, they're a person that doesn't come across with ego either. And when I, when I say that, that command power, it's, it's something that's just innate. They're not even aware of it. So there's not an egotism in, involved in that. It's just, it's just an essence of who they are. So anyway, I would just want to qualify that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Um, I, was, I wanted to go back really quickly to what our listeners shared about, you know, um, a, being a person that people feel safe with um, mm-hmm. being themselves around. I said that uh, when I was mentioning, you know, that that could also be a little bit of people pleasing as well is because um, sometimes, you know, we are just allowing people to be themselves, but who they're, how they're, who that self that they're being is, can be at our expense. And it relates back to what you were saying about the person who is shows up, who's confident, who's a give, confident, who is a giver and a receiver. Um, they're someone you want to be around and who will add value to your life, um, and and you will feel valuable in their life as well, as opposed to someone who their whole existence revolves or their time being with you is just to make sure that you can pour into them. 
So, you know, you want to be careful of the agenda, like you're saying. So, you know, there's a, there's a line between making, allowing people to feel uncomfortable. You also have to feel comfortable as well. Like you're not um, feeling like the, the two indicators that you mentioned, tapping, you're not feeling regret about having the conversation, you know, with them. Cause so many times we can be engaging with someone for their own benefit, but it's pulling us down energetically, you know, so um, being there for someone, yeah, it's great, but just also making sure that you're showing up in the situation as well is equally important too. Yeah, I think um, the the desire to help people is is admirable and it is an essential part of our humanness. Um, I think what I'm what I'm hearing you say, and I would totally agree, is being aware that you are choosing this as a ministry to this person, that this isn't a relationship because relationships built off of that are, are very poor. Helping someone oh. is, is, a, uh, is a choice to really build into somebody else with no expectation in return. And you cannot have okay. a life full of those people. You have to mm-hmm. choose who you can really pour into. And uh, um, that's, that's where being aware of um, that, that uh, people-pleasing bit of, i got to help everybody. No, um, you can't be helping everybody. You, you, first of all, let me just check your ego on that. Um, <laughs> you can't possibly understand everybody's problems. You can't possibly have the energy and the wisdom to, to solve everybody's problems. It, it's just not possible. So, um, check your ego at the door. <laughs> it may sound altruistic that you want to help everybody, but you again, knowing yourself, who is it? What are your experiences? I love that from what your your listener had shared from her experiences, mm-hmm. who she can really truly help and has a heart to help because she had been in their shoes. That's different. That's very different. Um, yeah, I think I love she, she shared something more. She goes, you know, that she was getting her um, self-worth from helping other people um, because she said she was in a situation where she was being rejected by her husband. So she was going outside of that to um, minister, quote unquote, to other people because she was feeling the rejection from inside of her home. So she was giving so much of herself in other areas because she wasn't being honored um, in, in a relationship that was, you know, closer to her or was supposed to be closer to her. So, yeah. That, ah, that's, that's, I, that's I misunderstood the, that. I, I understood that the relationship with her husband was finished. And okay, I misunderstood that. Yes, no, it, it is. It was finished, but she was just saying that, um, Oh, during that time, yeah, she, you know, when she was showing up being a people pleaser, it was because she yeah. was feeling devalued in one area of her life. So she was trying to find her value and her worth in other ways. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that, yeah. that right there just was like, that hit it home for me. Okay. So, yeah, let's yeah. Go ahead you, you're not going to find your, your what value and your worth by going to other people. <laughs> No, um, never, the, never. The never. hard work is really on um, sitting down and understanding who you are, and that that is a dis- distraction-free exercise. 
Um, and for those of us who are really practiced at distracting ourselves from dealing with that, um, it takes a real act of will to say, okay, I need this time. I need to figure out who I am. What is it that I really want out of life? What is it that would be a, a joyful life for me to live and have that vision so clear? Okay, for me to have that, what are the limitations? What are my, what are, I don't want to use the word boundaries, but what principles do I want to live by? What am I not willing to compromise to get there? Because you can, you can achieve wealth or whatever, but through a lot of means. Like, for example, I want a Lamborghini, right? Well, someone could mm. give it to me. Um, I could earn it or I could steal it. I'd still have a Lamborghini in all three places, in all three situations, but how I felt about it and the value that I took from that and the joy that I took from driving that car would be different in every one of those situations. So knowing what you're willing to compromise on and what you are not to get to where you want to be is the second step. Once you've got that clear, you can identify, well, what do I really need to focus on? What are the priorities in my life? And quite honestly, if you've got more than three priorities, you're not going to make progress on any of them. And you probably, or you absolutely need to be saying no more and evaluating that, is this right for me? Is this where I, where I really want to spend my time for where I want to go? And while that may sound very self-centered, when you look at it as, where is my time best spent for the gifts and talents and mission I have in this life? Because that's what we're talking about. It's self-fulfillment is about utilizing everything you have for the greater good and for the relationships around you. Leaving the world a better place, right? Absolutely. I think it's important to take the time to be mindful about how you're spending your time. Yeah, I'm yeah. Clear because about yeah. what you're about, mm-hmm. you're scattering your, you're throwing away the one commodity you cannot replace, and that's time. Which is why my absolute is my time. It's <laughs> my time. But we're gonna take a little break and listen to Miss Sandra's moment of power, and we're gonna come back and talk with Karen and wrap it up. Okay, so stay tuned. Creating boundaries to set you free. Good morning, queens and kings. Setting the boundaries are important, but don't come easy. We, by nature, want to be able to say yes to the majority of our projects, requests, and or responsibilities that attach itself to us. As life would have it, so many things are just expected of us, and for the most part, we are not even given the proper tools to execute the task. Yes, we have those that are in our circle that are our cheering squad, cheerleaders, encouragers, because we need them to help us with our confidence of, I know I can. But it is also so important for us to learn how to create those healthy boundaries, knowing that we cannot do it all and are not expected to do it all. But with what we do, feel a sense of freedom that you can be proud of no matter what the outcome is. Life is all that. We are on a journey and we should not be in a rush for completing the whatever, but enjoying the process. Some projects will be never-ending, but always evolving and showing your growth. Our no's can be as simple as thank you, 
but I'm not available. Personal soul care is a must when we are creating boundaries of freedom. Being mindful that we understand what our boundaries are and their importance to us. Boundaries are like property lines. Knowing the value of the lines are helpful with our capacity to offer empathy and love to ourselves and others. Healthy boundary lines allows us to have a stable foundation to operate from. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Matthew six twenty four. Be blessed and happy Sunday to all. Until the next time. Thank you so much, Miss Sandra. And I want to shout out um, my sister Tawana. Today is her birthday, so happy birthday, Tawana. Um, I want to also say that how much what my mom just shared with us ties into what you were saying, Karen, about um, mm-hmm. a- assessing the projects that you and get yourself involved in, and seeing how they connect with your your the the, the greatest value that you feel you bring to the world. So, like how they connect with your message, how they connect with your passion, um, to help you to determine what you will involve in and how get involved in and how much of your time and energy you give to certain things. So you have to be able to categorize and to um, discern, you know, what is worth, not necessarily that is what is worthy, but what is worth your time as it relates and connects with you and your purpose. Yeah. That's so huge. Yeah. yeah so huge. So, um, yes, creating boundaries that set you free is, is, is um, it takes practice and you have to be intentional is from what I'm hearing from you, Karen, you have to be present. Well, you do. I mean, life is about intentionality. Um, if, if you're not setting your own schedule and your own priorities, somebody else is going to do it for you. I mean, that, that you're just asking for that. And our lives are too special and too unique to allow others with their agendas to strip that away from us. I think we really, truly don't understand how important each one of us are and how uniquely we are designed and created for what we're here to do. We, we don't even pay enough attention to our lives. We're busy in the day-to-day which is which is why I'm really a big advocate about vision, about really sitting down and saying, what is it that I want? And put aside that it's not selfish. You you are built for something, and your, those desires in you are God-given, in my opinion, that okay. there is a reason for them to be there. So what are they? And then build your life to go after that. With a heart Absolutely. for humanity, but be yourself. There's only one you, right? <laughs> Absolutely. If there was one takeaway that you could leave us with today, uh, what would that be, Karen? Get clear about on what's important to you and why you're here. If you've got that awesome. message, the rest of it falls into place. Phenomenal. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Karen, for, oh, sorry. 
if people want some practical advice, some exercises to help get them on, on the path, um, I would love to offer my book for free just to pay shipping. And if people are interested mm-hmm. in taking a look at that, they can go to this um, website, karenmgears.com slash it's my time offer. And uh, the book is free, just pay shipping, and you'll get started. There's lots of great resources in it that will help you start that process of figuring out who you are, where you want to go, how you're spending your time, how to say no, and how to set those boundaries. I love that. So repeat that website for us one more time, please, Karen. It's Karen M as in Mary Pierce.com slash it's my time offer. Wonderful. Well, thank you once again, Karen, for uh, gracing our our show with your presence, uh, for the value that you bring to our show and helping us to dissect the topic of creating boundaries to set you free. This was phenomenal. So many aha moments. So thanks again. And thank you out there in the community for taking the time to listen and connect and um, sharing our time, your time with us. Today's show was such a blessing. Join us next Sunday, June 30th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we discuss living beyond survival into purpose. Our guest host will be Erica Walker. To learn more about Erica, visit queensstandup.com. Until next time and always, beautiful people, be blessed and queens stand up.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.